you do know that we have an enemy. And you do know that he's been doing what he does for 6,000 years now. He knows exactly what to do. He knows what to say. He knows how to take the everyday circumstances of life and the things that we face and use those things to come against us. And one of the greatest things in our life is to realize that we do have a, an enemy, the devil. Our enemy's not people. Our enemy's not flesh and blood. Our enemy's the devil. So we, we don't look to people and let people be our enemy. They may look at themselves as our enemies and we pray for them because they have made themselves our enemies. But our real enemy is the devil and his kingdom. He has a whole kingdom that he, he's in control of. He is the God of this world. He has tears, principalities, powers. He's got rulers of darkness and he has all of these levels like a mighty army and he will call in the forces that need to be called in. Whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, he'll send the right ones at the right time of his forces to try to challenge you. It has been a challenge. It has always been a challenge for these 6,000 years. It's God against Satan, right against wrong, sin against righteousness, good against evil. Faith against fear. You know, I, I know there's times that things come up that we, we hear certain things that bring fear into our life at the first report of it. But you've got to remember some things. First of all, you've got to remember who you are in the Lord. If you're God's child, he's made a commitment to you as an individual to take care of his children. He's given you promises in his word to take care of you. And then also you need to realize when Jesus came, this battle was going on. It always has gone on. And this, this enormous battle was raging and the devil was furious. And some people say, why did Jesus come? to this world, to die for our sins. Yes, to die for our sins, to give us peace, to give us righteousness, to save our soul, for we'd be without hope. But also, he came to establish a church. And the church is predestined to victory. You're not going to be victorious, you're already victorious. You're not going to win the battle. The battle's already won. This thought crossed my mind. I'm thinking about why Jesus came. Why did he choose to come into this world and face what he did? And then it dawned on me the other day. Jesus came to give Satan the devil. I mean, he gives us a lot of problems. But Jesus came to give Satan the devil. Do I really have to quit right now? Jesus came to give Satan the devil. And you've got to ask yourself, when fear rises up inside of you, who's afraid of who? Who 
one's afraid. Are you afraid of the circumstance? Are you afraid of the news? There's people here today, you've gotten bad doctor's reports, you're facing things on your job. And you know, it's real easy for us to talk faith, but live fear. Real easy. And there's two or three passages I wanna call your attention to real quick. I'm gonna read the one and if you'll trust me, I'll just make reference to a couple others and, and, and do my best to try to stay in the frame that I'm dealing with this subject on when you ask yourself the question. When the devil comes against me and brings fear into my life, should I be the one afraid or should he be the one afraid? Now, this is what dawned on me. In Joshua chapter two, I ask you to turn there, if you'll allow me just to, just to preface it real quick. In Joshua chapter two, they're getting ready to go in and spy out Jericho. Joshua sends two individuals, two men, into the city to spy out Jericho. When they get there, they meet Rahab. And you know the account of Rahab's been preached so much from the pulpit, I'm not going into it at the angle uh, that I've preached on it and others have preached on it, but they're, they're now inside Jericho. And the report comes back that there are spies from Israel inside the devil's camp. Inside the enemy's camp. And here they are, they, they come into Rahab and Rahab takes these two men and takes them to the roof and puts them under flax to hide them. And they come, ask her and said, those men, yes, they were here, they passed on. They start down toward Jordan to go the direction of the men. And then she comes back, verse 10, she starts talking to these men. And she's telling these men that she has just given safety to she says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Zion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, look at the next phrase, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Did you catch that? Hey, we've heard about your God. We've heard that your God dried up a whole sea and then rolled the waters back and drowned Pharaoh's army. We've heard that your God gave you supernatural victories when you faced two kings that you had no chance whatsoever of winning the battle. We've heard about your God. Now, you're not getting the picture. She's saying this, we are terrified of you. We are, we are absolutely fearful of you all. Our hearts did melt when we heard that you all were outside of our walls because our hearts melted because we know what the God of Israel has done for you and we're in such fear. We don't know what to do. Do you know who she's telling this to? Two men that are hiding in fear.
Hmm. She's saying, you all are worried about us. We're worried about you. Who should be worried in this battle? We as Christians or should the devil worry about us? I guess it all depends on your view of God. See, it's easy to talk faith, but it's easier to hide behind fear. It's easy to believe God to give everybody else healing, but sometimes it's hard to believe that God will give you healing. It's easy to believe that God will save everybody else's loved ones and pray for them, but sometimes it feels so much harder to pray and ask God, Lord, save my loved ones. Really, there's people here today that, that you, you know, the easy part of salvation is coming and praying and repenting of your sins and asking the Lord to save you. That's the easy part. Jesus did the hard part, the part that you couldn't do. He died, he gave his life's blood, he rose from the grave, he did what you could not do and the easy part is coming. You know what the hard part is? Confessing that to others. There's a lot of people here today that you're lost. The only reason that you're lost is I know how the devil works. He says, you know, if you get saved, if you really wanna walk in complete victory in your salvation, you've got to confess the Lord. And I really don't wanna tell my friends because if I tell my friends, I don't know their reaction. I don't know how they're gonna respond to me. Now, all of you that have been saved for a number of years, would you agree with this? You probably were concerned about telling your friends what happened when you got saved, but you know it's amazing how many of your unsaved friends will pat you on the back and say, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got saved. I'm glad that you found peace in your heart. The devil has a way of taking everything and turning it all around. I think we forget who we are and who we serve and I think we forget the power that our God has. If anybody should be afraid today, it should be the devil. Don't fear for the news that you've gotten. Don't fear for the symptoms that's in your body. Don't fear for the people that are harassing you. Don't fear that the devil's gonna win out. God says I've already given you victory and you're more than conquered through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know the devil, he's not afraid of us. He's afraid of who is in us. We have the one Jesus that can do anything. We've got the name that has all power in heaven and in earth. Thank God when I face sickness I've got a name. When I face trouble I've got a name. When I don't know where to turn, I've got a name. And at the name of Jesus, demons tremble and hell is afraid because they know there's no name in heaven and earth like the name of Jesus. It's all through the Bible. When you get over when you get over in the Old Testament, get to 2 Kings chapter 17. We know chapter 18 well, chapter 19 well. When you get over to 1 Kings rather, or 2 Kings chapter 17, and, and you're reading about this prophet Elisha. And you've got Elisha in 2 Kings chapter six. 
I'm not gonna read it to you. Verse 16, God tells him, fear not to the servant of Elisha. And there's a reason why that God revealed to that servant what he did. Elisha was in Dothan. And Elisha two times told the king of Israel where the king of Syria was going to lay a trap for him. Do you know that God has a way of directing your steps to stay out of stuff? He said, he's waiting on you there. Don't go there. Don't go. There's some things you won't get into trouble if you just don't go there. That's a different sermon, but there's something that the devil will lay a trap for you. If you go certain places at certain times, he has, the enemy has what's needed to snare you, to put you in a trap. And twice, the prophet, Elisha, tells the king of Israel, don't you go that way. The enemy's waiting on you. So he went another way. The king of Syria gets alarmed. And he says, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got somebody on the inside. We've got somebody that's, they're letting out the information. They're leaking the information to the enemy. They know where we're at. They know what we're doing. I wanna know who it is in my chamber that is letting out the information of our battle plan. And finally, one of the servants said, oh king, it's nobody in the chamber. It's nobody under your authority. See, there's a prophet in the land and his name is Elisha. And that Elisha, he knows, he knows what you're doing before you ever do it. The God of Israel whispers in his ear and tells him what to do and tells him to go to the king of Israel and direct their steps. There's a prophet over there and if we're gonna win this battle, we've gotta take the prophet out. Now this is what really struck me as odd. You'll find out this king gets together chariots, horsemen, and the Bible says a host of his military. And they go after this prophet in Dothan. If you read this chapter, they go after the prophet by night. By night. Now I don't expect you to get it yet. But if anything blesses you, this ought to bless you this morning. They go by night. They said, shh, don't wake him up. If we wake him up, the God of Israel will tell him what we're doing. First of all, why do you have to send a whole army to get one man? And second of all, they went by night because they didn't want to wake the man of God up. Because they thought if we can let him sleep a little longer, we can surround the city and he'll be overwhelmed and he'll, he'll not be able to come against us because he won't know what we're doing. Isn't that funny? He knew everything else they were doing. What made him think? He didn't know what they were doing then. You, let me ask you this. What kind of a Christian are you? Are you the kind of Christian that the devil can just walk in and out of your life like he wants to? Or does the devil say to you, shh, let them sleep a little longer. Whatever you do, don't wake them up. Because if we wake them up, they'll know our plan. And if they know our plan, we're in trouble.
You know how the devil works? Make sure your alarm don't go off on Sunday morning. If you sleep a little longer. Just just leave them alone, Lord. Just, Just let them sleep a little longer. If they sleep a little longer, we won't have to worry about them. Are you the kind of Christian that when your feet hits the floor in the morning, the devil says, oh no, they're awake. They're awake. I'm in trouble now. They woke up. I'm in trouble now. Their feet hit the floor. Or does your feet hit the floor and you say, oh no, the devil's gonna be after me again today. I've got news for you. I wanna be one of those kind of people that when my feet hit the floor, the devil says, oh, if I could have only kept him asleep another hour, that's one less hour of torture that I'd have to take from him. He knows what he's doing. His servant was shook up when he saw the plan of the enemy, but Elisha said, Lord, I pray for my servant that you'd open his eyes. And when he looked on the hills and mountains, he saw chariots of fire. And the host of heaven had surrounded the enemy. And Elijah said, Lord, strike him with blindness. He put them to sleep. Walked right out in the middle of them. They didn't know anything about it. Maybe, maybe you're like Elijah. Elijah before he prayed fire down from heaven, you remember the first thing that he did, he prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. Three and a half years, it rained not. And the Lord said, you go down to the brook of Cherith and there I'm gonna feed you flesh by day and you'll have water, you'll have bread, you'll have flesh. He sent the ravens to feed him. He's there by the brook. And then the Lord says, the brook dried up. Now get up. Go to Zarephath, which is in Zidon, and I've commanded a widow to sustain thee there. We all know that, but something dawned on me a few days ago. For some reason, I felt compelled to look up Zidon. I wanted to know who was the ruler of Zidon, the place where he was living now and abiding. Do you know who was the ruler of Zidon? The father of Jezebel. Jezebel's daddy was the king of Zidon. He hid the prophet of God in the enemy's camp. He hid him right under the devil's nose. He looked for him and he couldn't find him. Do you know something? God has a way of hiding us when we need to be hidden and the enemy searches for us saying, I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him and we're right under his nose because we're not afraid to go into the enemy's camp and say, oh no, you can't win this battle. I've given it to the Lord. It belongs to God and I'm believing God for it. Hey, Can I give you one verse that'll do you some good? One verse, it'll do you a lot of good. Go go with, let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Right in the middle of your Bible. Isaiah 51. I'll give you this verse and close. Isaiah 51, 
God is speaking to the prophet concerning the, the enemy that they're facing. And God says in verse 23, but I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee. Those that are afflicting them are their enemies. They are enemies. God's people has enemies. We have enemies that's coming against. They want to afflict us. Not just physical affliction, afflict our mind, uh, afflict our well-being. They want to corrupt everything. And he said, which have said to thy soul, this is what the enemy said to them. Bow down that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. 52, verse one. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Do you see what was happening? The enemy came and they said, I'm going to lay down. And they went over them just like they were a highway. They rode over them. Every one of you look right here. How long are we as a Christian, we as a church, and the Christians across this nation and around this world, how long are we going to let the devil run over us? It is a conscious decision where we say it's time to wake up. Church of the living God, it's time to rise up and say, devil, you are to be afraid of us. We're not to be afraid of you. Because when time shall be no more, we will still be standing, not lying down. We'll still be standing when you're cast into the lake of fire and you shall be bound forevermore and you'll never be in our presence again. We'll still be standing in the glorious presence of God because of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that's given us the victory.